What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another happy struggle day on this Friday. We are streaming live on the YouTubes. We are streaming live on the Instagram via the phone. And of course, we are finally out of Facebook jail. So we are streaming on Facebook. I know I keep saying, you know, oh, I'm going to, this is going to be the last time I'm in that abusive relationship with Facebook. But, you know, that's where I'm trying to reach people where they're at. So, but welcome back to another struggle day. Today, we are going to be getting into uh, chapter 24 of Exodus. Uh, I, you know, it's good to me. It's, Exodus is probably one of my favorite chapter, well, favorite books. It's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot of. We're about to start getting into the into the legalistic parts of of Exodus uh, or the Bible. Because trust me, for the next couple chapters, it's going to be nothing but rules and regulations. And um, to me, I think uh, between this and the first couple chapters of of Leviticus. I mean, I hate to say it, they're a little bit boring. Uh, we're just going to muscle, we're going to muscle right through them. Cause of course we're not going to skip anything in these Bible series, but of course I am using the TOV version, the tree of life, the Messianic family, Jewish Bible version. And I'm also using Dennis Prager's book, uh, Exodus, God, slavery and freedom as my extra biblical source to help me, you know, while I'm studying, uh, he has a lot of great essays, um, in his book, uh, referencing the chapters, uh, this chapter is going to be pretty short today, but, um, of course you guys can use whatever Bible you want. I say this every episode, you know, if you guys want to use King James version, Hey, use King James version. If you want to use the NIV, use the NIV. If you want to use, you know, whatever version you want to use, um, you know, the, the, the only thing I care about is that you guys are reading it for yourselves. Of course, I'm going to have the text up here. Why don't I just get that up and running? Boom. So for those of you that are watching this on Facebook and YouTube, you guys are able to see the slides. Unfortunately, for my podcast listeners and the Instagram viewers, we're not able to, you know, show this to you guys, but you guys can listen in. So what we're going to do, we're going to go read line by line, word by word. Uh, of course, I got some footnotes. That's one of the new things that I'm incorporating to this. Uh, been, you know, because at first I was like, oh, I'm not going to add the footnotes. I mean... Some Bibles have them, some Bibles don't, but you know what? Why don't I just add them? Especially on a short chapter like this, it doesn't hurt. Of course, you know, I'm I'm being not only powered by the 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 Father above, but I'm also being powered by Black Rifle Coffee, the AK-47 Espresso, because boy, do I need it. It's like, for whatever reason, at the end of the week, I'm just starting to get, ugh, starting to get tired. But okay, so let's get into this chapter. 24, Cutting the Covenant. Let me see. Let me get rid of that. The Edmo Show logo. Cutting the Covenant at Sinai. So let's go ahead and drop this down. That way I can read it so I'm not breaking my neck. All right. Then, uh, Moses, uh, then to Moses he said, Come up to Adonai, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel and worship from afar. Moses alone is to approach Adonai, but the others may not draw near, nor are the people to go up with him. So Moses came, so Moses came and told the people all the words of Adonai as well as all the ordinances. 
All the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which Adonai has spoken, we will do. So Moses wrote down all the words of Adonai, then rose up early in the morning and built an altar below the mountain, along the along with 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. He then sent out young men of Bain Israel uh, who sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowshiped offerings of oxen to Adonai. Then Moses took half of the blood and put it on the basin and the other half he poured out against the altar. He took a scroll. He took the scroll of the covenant and read it. He took the scroll of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. Again, they said, all the all that Adonai has spoken, we will do and obey. Then Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant which Adonai has cut with you in agreement with all these words. Then Adonai and Aaron, I mean, then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, the 70 elders of Israel went up. They saw the God of Israel and under the, and under his feet was something like a pavement of sapphire as clear as, as very heavens. Uh, yet, he did not he did not raise his hand against the noble Bnei Israel, so they beheld God ate and drank. Then Adonai said to Moses, "Come up to me on the mountain and stay there. I will give you the tablet of stone with the Torah and the mitzvahs, which I have written, so that you may instruct them." So Moses rose up along with his uh along with his along with his attendant Joshua or Yehoshua or Yeshua and Moses went up onto the mountain of God to the elders he said wait for us here until we come back to you see Aaron and her are with you whoever has dispute should go to them. When Moses went up to the mountain, the cloud co the clouds covered it. The glory of Adonai settled upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. Then the seventh day, he called Moses out of the midst of the clouds. The appearance of the glory of Adonai was like a consuming fire. On the top of the mountain, in the sight of all of in the sight of Bain Israel. So Moses entered into the midst of the clouds, went up onto the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. So, and I told you guys, that, that's a, this is a pretty quick, ep, like, chapter. So, of course, we got some footnotes here. So we got Exodus 24, 8, and referencing to Hebrews 9, 18 through 20, and Luke 22, 20. Uh, Hebrews 19, 18 through 20 states that is not, that is why not even the first covenant was, uh, inaugurated without blood for when every commandment has been spoken by Moses, all the people, according to the Torah, he took blood of the calves and the goats with water, sprinkled wool and hypsa. Uh, he sprinkled both books itself 
and all the people. Now, I don't recall it saying that. It says he took blood of the oxen, but okay. Might be my, uh, okay. All right. Then Luke twenty-two twenty 20 states, he said, this is the blood of the covenant, which God commanded you. In the same way, he took a cup after the meal saying this, uh, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Exodus 24, verse 11, uh, references Revelation 4, 3, and John 1, 18. And uh, so Revelation is 3, uh, Revelation 4, 3. And the one who was seated like a jasper and, and carnelian in appearance and a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. John 1, 18 states, no one has ever seen God. But the one and only God in the Father's embrace has made him known. And then Exodus 24, 17, reference uh, first one is Hebrews 12, 18. For you have not come to the to a mountain that it that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and storms. And in verse 29, for uh, for our God is a consuming fire. So like I said, this is a very, very quick chapter. Let's go ahead and see if we can break this down a bit. All right. So let's see what Dennis has to say, because I don't really got much. So first one here. So Dennis writes uh, about verse one. The Hebrews were Aleh, A-L-E-H, uh, come up or rise, appears 70 times in this chapter. The words often implies the act of arising to do something holy. It is used in its noun form, aliyah, in the Jewish prayer service to refer to a person going up to bless the Torah. The same word, aliyah, is also used to describe the act of going to live in Israel, literally going up into Israel. Nadab and Abihu mentioned at the end of the verse are Aaron's two oldest sons. The priesthood has not even has not yet been established, but when uh, but when it ugh, I can I cannot read today, but when it is the Torah ordains it to be transmitted generations to generations from father to son. To this day, Jews who know themselves to be priests, the Kohanim, trace their ancestry in a direct line back to Aaron. So let me see. And then he has a nice, nice lengthy essay in here called the devaluing of the old means of the old means. Wisdom isn't valued throughout history. Not only in ancient Israel, virtually every society greatly valued old people because old people were associated with wisdom and wisdom was valued in the contemporary world, especially in the West. Youth is increasingly valued more than age. That is either a reflection of the fact that either wisdom is less valued and therefore the old are less valued or the old are less valued and therefore wisdom is less valued. It is hard to know which came first, the devaluing of the old or the devaluing of wisdom. But whichever caused the other, both are tragedies. Uh, in, in, answer to some young pe in answer to some young people, who told uh, 
who told the great German Jewish actor Fitz Kortner he could not understand their problems. Kortner responded, you were never as old as I am. On the other hand, I was as young as you are now. The, de- the devaluation of old people is a tragedy for their sake, for society's sake, and for the sake of young people who can be who can who can so benefit from being with and learning from the old. Anyone who has or has had a bond with a grandparent or a mentor who uh, knows how true this is, and the devaluation of wisdom is an even greater tragedy. We live in an age that values or at least claims to value knowledge, but knowledge without wisdom tells you nothing about how to lead your life. It is like owning a map, but having no uh, distinction or, or having no destination. If you don't know where you need to go, knowing exactly where you are is useless. And then he has another and that's something that is is definitely interesting because and that that is referring to uh verse uh verse one. Uh he the uh Moses uh and he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel. So the fact that so what Dennis is touching on is the importance and the status of being an elder, especially in Israel at that time. In Israel at that time, as we're looking at today, of course, we got you know, we have a lot of our politicians who are of the elderly age, and they seem to be doing a very bad job. And it's safe to say that that the elderly that we have on our representing us in in government aren't of wisdom they lack wisdom and it's unfortunate when we have people who who are in an elderly age but lack who have no real experience or have no ability to lead younger people and my fear that i'm noticing is that we are we are moving into a future where without wisdom we are moving in a direction with the people that we have now you know my parents generation my my generation you know we i i i feel very sorry for the generation behind us that lack wis that are lacking leadership with wisdom and the 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 issue that i'm seeing is that when we are faced with characters or people who have wisdom we we turn our nose up up at them or we try to find something wrong in what they're saying you know we we don't try to relate but one thing that we we oftentimes we oftentimes don't realize is that a lot of you don't get I like to use the word and I believe uh one of my uncles um <laughs> one of my uncles said this to me uh, you don't have, you know, wisdom is a great thing to have, but you don't, you just don't get wisdom. You know, you get wisdom from being dumb, from, from surviving stupidity or being exposed to things and learning lessons from them. And the issues that I'm seeing today is that people aren't learning lessons. You know, the Kevin Samuels, you know, I know I name drop his name a lot, but if you go on his show, 
even though his uh, now his show is shifting. But if you go to his older episodes, he was talking first. He started out talking to men, a lot of men in their 30s. And then he started where he really started blowing up was he was talking to women. And the interesting thing was, is that when he was talking to women, you had a lot of women in their 40s, especially in their 30s, 40s and even well into their 70s who lack wisdom. You know, of course, that doesn't mean just because you don't have wisdom doesn't mean that you're not intelligent or that you're not, you know, or that you're dumb. But the issue with wisdom is a lot of times is that people just don't learn or they they refuse to learn or they refuse to, to be exposed to things or they refuse to, you know, challenge ideas or the status quo or you know, things like that, you know, they're, they're afraid of process of elimination because, or they're afraid to engage in certain things because they're afraid to look wrong, you know, but the issue is when you're so afraid to look wrong or dumb or ignorant that you are actually limiting yourself from growing. I believe he had a, 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 a very, he had an interesting show once. He had a 60-year-old woman on there who was divorced, had children, and was looking to get married again, but she wanted to marry a high-value man, you know, by the definitions that he laid out on his show. I'm not going to get into that in, 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 on this episode. But when the fact that you're 60 years old, you already had children, and you are looking for a high-value man, is like, that is like, that is like, you're trying to buy a Lamborghini, but you don't have a driver's license. You don't even have insurance. You just want it because you want it. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not realistic. And that's the issue that I'm seeing with a lot of people in my parents' generation because, unfortunately, a lot of those kids post-Baby Boomer, uh, a lot of those kids who grew up, a lot of those people who grew up in the late 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, they... It's like they got a, if you really pay attention, you know, you can see that there was a dramatic shift from the greatest era, you know, uh, or the greatest generation to our parents' generation to where, you know, they, they were able to, it's like all kinds of mistakes were made, uh, out of wedlock bursts skyrocketed, um, what was it? Uh, drug use skyrocketed. Depraved behavior skyrocketed. And that was all, it, like, I can see in my parents' generation. You know, I was born out of wedlock. That's not to shame my mother, but a lot of people in my mother's generation had children out of wedlock. I'm a product of that. My parents were never married. Unfortunately, fortunately for my mother, she was able to find a man that married her, that wanted to marry her, and then she now has her life partner. They've been married. How old am I? They've been married almost 26 years. They, yeah, they've been married 26 years. So, you know, my mom has her life partner. So, But the issue is some people were able to bounce back. And they try to run so far from their past and try to disassociate from their past that they weren't, that they refused to give the life lessons that they learned to their children. And it was, and then also in my generation, what I'm hearing, and this is even before my generation, because there was a, um, there was a video done in the eighties. Uh, I forgot the name of, it. I think I forgot the name of it, but, um, 
Pink Book Lessons. She talks about it or she references reference reference the uh the video on her show. Um pretty much you got women growing up, women and men growing up and seeing, well, I grew up in a home without a father or I grew up in a home where my parents weren't married or I grew up in a home where I didn't have two parents and I'm okay. But the issue with that is they just think, okay, I'm okay. Because I made it, I did it. There's nothing wrong with it. And they don't really look to, okay, I don't want my children to struggle. You know, so now we turn our noses at marriage. You know, now we got our parents' generation telling my generation, hey, don't worry about getting married. Go ahead, go get your, your career, go chase after that job, go get that bag. But put marriage on the back burner to now what you're seeing is, and I'm 31. So now I'm seeing girls in my generation who either had children fresh out of high school or in high school or the ones who didn't have children, you know, in high school or after high school. Now they're trying to be the CEOs. They're trying to be the uh, the directors. They're trying to be all these things. But yet they're putting husbands and families and love on the back burner. And they're thinking, OK, well, I can get that at any time. And then your eggs are slowly shriveling inside your womb slowly so it's like there is no wisdom anymore or the the wisdom is becoming few and far in between and now the people with wisdom they're being looked at as cold and harsh and they're evil you know um i've heard what kevin samuels talks about is nothing new i had uncles talking about that you know kevin samuels is very old testament he's even said that he's old testament you got other people uh pastor gino jenkins you know, Pastor Gino Jenkins, you know, he's he's wild. To some people, he's wild. You know, he talks about, he calls women hoes. He calls men whores and all types of other stuff because of their behavior and the culture and the practices. And people call that mean. They call that harsh. But yet, if you're out here sleeping around and if you're out here advertising your body parts for attention, you are a hoe. So, but nobody wants to talk about that. We We lack the wisdom. To, we lack the wisdom to actually listen to wisdom. You know, I, I got and I was listening to I forgot somebody, but it, it it's it, it's funny how things are starting to pop up in in sequence to events in my life. You know, I, I got some younger men that I that I that I like to mentor and, and be around and try to help them not make the mistakes that I did. And you have a lot of men like that. And what I'm here and it's just funny because one of the young men that I, that I talk to and I care about, and I look at him as like a little brother and stuff, you know, he just often just does shit, you know, sorry, I cursed on the, on the struggle series, but he just goes off and he just does things, you know, he's very like impulsive. And I tell him like, do whatever you want to do, but just know that it's not good to just, just do things because you get the spur of the moment feeling. You know, and but the funny thing was literally after him and I had a conversation, I was driving home from work and I was listening to Va to Dr. Vody Bauckham and it, it was someone else. I forgot who it was, but it was the fact that it came back to back. But on pretty much in a nutshell, it was. It's not good for you to be alone, to be a solo warrior. It is good for you, especially for men to have wise counsel, to have a collection of thoughts and ideas 
And you need to be surrounded by those thoughts and ideas in the embodiment of other people. Because if you are just going at this alone, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And the mistakes that you are going to make can either cost you time, can cost you money, can cost you your freedom, or can cost you your life. So in that, that, and it wasn't like, I was thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that that definitely hits nail on the head. But what that tells me as someone who is getting older, you know, I'm someone who is in their 30s and, you know, someone who is kind of pretty set in their life. It's like that that even was a calling to me that, all right, you need to be more wise. You need to start collecting wisdom as much as you can. You need to start being that mentor. You need to, even though that's these are things that I was already doing, but now it's I gotta take this seriously now. You gotta start being the pillar that young men can lean on. You you need to start being the pillar that young women can lean on. You need to be the pillar that that your community can lean on, that the world can lean on. Because if 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 we're going the route that that we're if we're heading down the road or we if we keep heading down the road that we're heading on wisdom is going to be an an extinct experience you know we're not going to have too many people we are that are wise we're going to have a lot of elderly people that think that just that justification of their age is the justification of their status you know one thing that my mother and I talked about um couple years ago when I when I was getting my life together and you know I and I was recovering from a lot of the bad mistakes that I made my mother made the comment to me that uh, about um settling down and and now that my my mom is in her 50s and moving on in in her life my mother told me that the last thing I want to do is be a burden on you and the last thing I wanted for you was to be a burden on me or a burden on your children and my mother talked about how she tried to groom me to be so independent. So, you know, I, yeah, I make my mistakes. And yeah, my mom, even though she wasn't there to help me when I fell, but she was there to kind of, you know, help me get myself up. You know, what what I'm seeing is there's not even in that there's not a lot of people who do that. You know, everybody either wants to do it for you or they want to keep you down on the ground. You know, and it, it it saddens me that I see people like when I talked about in the last episode, we got a lot of zombified people walking around. We got a lot of people who who are so complacency in their status of life that they lack wisdom, but yet they want everyone else to be like them. You know, to a degree is that that could be a good thing and a bad thing. I want everyone to be married. I want everybody to have wisdom or get to a place in their life where they can share wisdom. I want people to to help other people. I, I don't like the way our society is nowadays, but the issue is we just think that people should, yeah, you should respect your elders, but there's a it's a different level of respect that you get from an elder who who portrays the life of a wise person. You know, it, it's 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 respect is different you know because people think you know i believe in blanket respect but i also think after that blanket of that blanket of respect there's also levels to respect it's easier for me to respect an elderly person who has you know maintained a marriage 
for a good portion of their adult life. You know, they, they, they take care of their kids or they take care of their grandchildren. You know, um, they, they are self-sufficient. They live on their own. They, they can, they're self-sustaining. You know, they, they keep learning. They keep doing things despite their old age. I have a, a 70 year old man that I work with and I love him as if he was my own grandfather. And I, I hope he's watching this, you know, looking at numbers, probably not, but he tells me he watches it every once in a while, but I respect this man, you know, to no end because he shows me that just because you're in your latter years of your life doesn't end. You know, this man, yeah, he tells me straight up, he's made mistakes in this life and he tries very hard to keep me and other young men from making those same mistakes, but he tells us the outcome or the possible outcomes. But yet this man was able to bounce back. This man was able to, you know, he's 70 years old, lives on his own. He drives a Mercedes. He drives, he doesn't need or want for anything. And if, and he said, look, I don't have to work if I don't want to, but I like working. I like being productive. I like having something to do. And he's, cause he, he said that his biggest fear is, and I told him this, his biggest fear is that if when, once he stops, you know, what's the repercussions? And I told him, I said, I honestly think that the reason why this man is so high functioning the way he is, is because he's 70 years old and he still works. I know that there's 80 year old men who are out there still working and they look like they're in their sixties. Jack, you know, my, 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 my adoptive grandfather, he looks like, even though he's 70, he looks like he's in his late fifties. He still looks good for his age, man still works out, still gets up every morning, still uh, comes to work on time you know, still passes on knowledge. This man has a routine every single morning. And just the, like, just listening to the wisdom that he speaks. But something like him is different than, than a 70-year-old, you know, person who never made anything out on their own. You know, and there are people like that. You know, you got 70-year-old people that went from living at home with their parents to living at home with their spouse. Now they're, or a spouse, because they've probably been divorced a few times, to living with friends, to now they're living with their children. They never made anything of themselves, you know? And then they, when they try to pass on wisdom, the wisdom has a lot of cracks in it, you know? They, you, and it's hard to trust their wisdom. I got people in my family like that. I got, <laughs> I got people in their 60s and 70s still, do, still ducking and dodging taxes. I got... You know, I got 70 year old aunts who never who who still think that they're in their hot girl summer years trying to sleep with 20 and 30 year old men. You know, living with their grown children and their grandchildren. And to me, it's like, okay, There has to be something more to just to being an elder than just being old. And like Dennis said, and being an elder meant that you had to have some wisdom to be considered an elder. You know, it, we, it's just, it's weird. It, we're, we're, we're living in a, and I believe we're living in the, in the early days to the next dark age. I honestly, that's what I think. I'm not saying that we are in the end times, but I'm just saying, you know, hard times make strong men, strong men make good times. Good times make weak men, weak men make hard times. And in that cycle, Continues. I think we are in the era of weak men making hard times. And but I just think that the strong men that we are going to need are very few and far in between. 
You know, we have politicians that don't help. We have politicians who are making policies to extend the adolescence experience. It's crazy to me that you can be 25, 26 years old and still on your parents' insurance. It's crazy to me. Like, thinking about my grandparents' generation and my my great-grandparents, because I had the benefit of knowing who they were, and I had the benefit of experiencing them. My great grandparents, they in their in their day, you got married either in your your late teens or you got married in your twenties. Being married, being in your thirties and married, you were like, "The hell is wrong with them?" But now it's in today's society, it's like, why why are you getting married? You got to go and live your life. You got to go experience your life. You got to go do this, man, but don't wait till you're like 30 something to get married. Wait till you're 40 to get married. And that's to me, that's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, and again, you know, I I honestly think that with, with wisdom, you know, wisdom can, wisdom will and can curb a lot of these bad mistakes, but we just have so many entities in this world from politics to entertainment, to education that are misleading the young and who are telling them you can live a laissez-faire, depraved lifestyle where you can have all the sex you want, you can do all the drugs you want, You this licentious world where you can just indulge and keep indulging, but then when you look down because eventually you're going to look you're going to be looking down at the barrel of a gun called your life and when you look down that barrel of the gun it it's like the ending may not be as blissful as your life experiences you know you got these people who men and women you got men and women who are putting off especially men i cannot stand seeing a a man in his 30s a man in his 40s even a man in his twenties, a man wearing their pants below their ankle, wearing below their bottoms, uh, wearing just looking like just they. When when I see grown men, and when I say grown men, I'm talking like a man, twenty eight and up, twenty five and up, because I think twenty five is a good is a good turning point. Twenty five and up, still trying to chase around and act like they're one of the young kids. You know, wearing Jordans on their feet without, I mean, hey, if you like Jordans, you like Jordans. But if if you're just wearing Jordans as like your go-to style, wearing skinny jeans and pants below your butt or showing your underwear and all types of other stuff, wearing all these, yeah, these psychedelic colors, you know, to me, it's like, all right, when are you going to grow up? That's <laughs> now, again, I like comic books. I like superheroes. I like anime. Cool. But. You know, I, I wear, you know, I got those hoodies and stuff, but I wear that stuff when I'm going to the gym or if I'm just lounging around and stuff like that. But when I'm out here doing something serious, I dress like an adult. When I'm going out to dinner with my wife, I dress like an adult. When I do things, you know, I dress like an adult. But it, it's just crazy to me when we have, especially men, especially men, because I honestly, yeah, women have been getting beat down and beat down with all their bad mistakes culturally, but men are, men are not helping. You know, we got men and, and let me backtrack because women have a legitimate excuse of why they feel the way that they feel because 
that because and I and I've seen it and I've partaken in it because you have men out here who don't want to be accountable to anyone and you have men out here that act like women. They want to be taken care of. They want to be this. They they want to be catered to, but yet they don't want to give anything in return. Yeah, um, I was listening to Vaudi Bachman. He said he was talking about sex in today's culture and marriage. He said it's it's easy for people to to sleep together, to have sex, and to procreate to, together, but it's hard for people to pray together because prayer is more intimate than having sex nowadays. And and. When I'm thinking about it, it's like, yeah, yeah, it is. You have people out here playing house who don't want to get married or who want to say, oh, well, I just got to wait till things are perfect. I got to wait till this. The elders should be saying, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Don't live with somebody until you're ready to marry them. No, that's not how we do things. But the issue is we got elderly people out here doing what the young kids are doing or the young kids are watching what the elderly people are doing. You know, you got, you got women out there in their fifties and their sixties still engaging in hookup culture. You got men in there in their fifties and sixties still engaging in hookup culture. And, and it's like, you know, you got people in here like living with other people. Hell, I had an uncle, God rest his soul. I loved him to death, you know, but I had an uncle who never had a place of his own. Never. He n- never had a place of his own. He always, 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 wherever, like he was, Papa was a Rolling Stone type dude. He always found a woman that had a place of her own and he somehow managed to move in to her spot. Always. Wherever he lived, trust me, it was some woman who had it, you know, and, but, and now we're seeing that because my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation were doing those things, my generation is seeing it. My generation is partake is partaking in it times two, and the elders are not in the place, or the elders are refusing to take the responsibility to speak up and say something. So elders and are very important in in society and community, and especially in progressing. And I'm not, and that's before that's without even talking about the Bible. But if we go back and we listen and to the earlier books of, of Exodus when when Moses is talking to his father-in-law and his father-in-law is telling him, you know, why are you doing, why are you putting all this on yourself? Why don't you get, why don't you have people help you? Which started the elders and the judges and all these other people, you know? So Moses had to go to someone more wise than him to, to help him solve a problem that he didn't even know he was creating. Moses is over here stressed out because everybody's coming to him with all their problems and they're and trying to get him to fix it. And Moses' father-in-law is like, no, put some barriers in place, you know, put some things in place, have judges, have elders, have these people that can take care of the small stuff. The sm- And the small stuff are, is the many stuff. And then once it, once things get past that, only allow them to come to you if it's something serious. That's wisdom right there. That's wisdom. But, you know, we got people out here that are just living for themselves. We got people that are just living for their indulgences. We got people that are just living for today and not waiting for tomorrow or not preparing for tomorrow because, trust me, I... (laughs) 
you got people that just said, you know, I came in with nothing. I'm going out with nothing. I'm not leaving anything. But to me, it, it's if we look at Genesis, you know, so far, I'm not jumping ahead. But if we're, if we're sitting here looking at Genesis, Abraham made sure his kids made sure that Isaac was straight. He made sure Isaac had what he had. Now, Isaac went and Isaac had what he had. But the only reason why Jacob didn't have as much as Isaac did was because Jacob fled. But Jacob eventually got it because of experiences with his father. So we need to get back into honoring eldership, but we need to also start vetting who these elders are. We need to start vetting it. There needs to be some sort of criteria, you know, that solidifies someone as being an elder. You know, you got some churches that talk about, um, you cannot be an elder unless you're married. I respect that because how can you tell, how can you tell now being, there's a difference between being a widow and being divorced and all this other stuff. So I think, yeah, we should need, we need to start putting more value into men and women who are married and who stay married because they're still in the fight versus someone, even though I'm divorced, but I'm married now I'm married again. And trust me, I'm learning things that I I wish I knew or understood in the past, but I'm glad I went through my mistakes. I'm glad I made my mistakes because had I not, I would still be learning that lesson now because in my first marriage, I didn't really have a lot of people with wisdom in my corner. I had a lot of negative Nancy's in, in my corner because I was in the military and military, you know, marriage wasn't, it's like there, but, no one's really pushing it. So it, it's, we definitely need to put more value in, in the quite the criteria of being an elder, you know, someone like Thomas soul, someone like Walter Williams, God rest his soul, you know, someone, you know, Larry elder, you know, people like that. we need to intelligence, wisdom, people who have the ability of foresight, those need to be the people that we prop up, not these rappers or hell Denzel Washington looking at Denzel Washington. And if you if you really listen to what Denzel Washington talks about, that is a man with wisdom. Now, of course, you know, we should not be elevating, you know, celebrities and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is look at these men who are visible. Listen to what they say. Listen to what they talk about. Listen to what they promote. I I take. I take uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, his, I'll, I'll take what he says like gold before I take anything that Snoop Dogg says. You know, Snoop is a man that's in his 50s still talking about pimping and hoeing, even though this man's been married for majority of his adult life. But this man is still talking about pimping and hoeing and doing all this other stuff. He is a contributor to a lot of the depraved behavior that we have in society. You know, and 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 this man's a grandfather. Yeah, he does stuff for his community, but look at what he's promoting. You know, even Denzel Washington, if you look at Equalizer, oh my God, Equalizer was like mind-blowing because he, you're looking at a man with a lot of wisdom trying, especially, what was it, the, the second one? The second one, when he was engaging with that young man and that young man wanted to be a gangbanger and all this other stuff, like 
or, you know, even fences, but in fences, you know, yeah, he was making his mistakes, but the fact that he was a present and he was, he was a present man in his son's life and he was trying to get his, his son to, to look long-term, not short-term. And he didn't want his son making the same mistakes that he did because he was an athlete. He didn't get signed and he was an athlete late in his life. His son wanted to be an athlete and, he, and he's like, no, that's not, no, because you need to be in them books. You need to be, you know, you need to develop some worth, some work ethic, you know? So we need to start looking more and more into wisdom and we need to start learning to discern what is and what is not wisdom. We need to start looking at the characteristics and start emulating them. You know, a uh, 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 old married couple, you know, there's a lot of wisdom there because they've been through their problems. They've they've gone through their struggles. I'm not saying no one is perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Everyone makes bad decisions. But the one thing about an old married couple is that they made them. They survived them. They got past them, you know, and they're they're still here today. And that's hopefully something that, you know, me and the miss, because trust me, even though we've been together seven going on eight years now, seven years, trust me, me and that woman have been through a lot. And it's by the, by the grace of God and her patience and tenacity that we're still here. Cause trust me, it ain't through me. Trust me. I'll, I'll tell you that in a quick, fast, in a hurry, but I'm hoping that one day her and I will be that old gray haired, you know, couple that is passing on wisdom, not only to our children, but to other people. So, and the one place that I, that I get my wisdom from, not only from my, my adoptive grand, uh, my adoptive grandfather, Papa Jack, but I get it through the Bible, read the Bible, learn from other people's mistakes because I, and when I was younger, I didn't value the, the words of read. Because the issue with, because the way that I looked at it was, okay, reading is just a story, but what you, but what reading does is, it's kind of like a movie, but more in depth. Reading allows you to experience the world through someone else's eyes. It allows you, and the, the thing, you get to close the book and you get to ponder on something versus a movie, even though I love movies, I love movies, trust me, I'd rather watch movies about stories than you know reading books about stories but but books like the bible i like books like the bible because it's you're you're not really looking at things through other people's eyes you're looking at it as a snapshot in time you're looking at it as through your own eyes but you're watching something happen in front of you and you're being led you're being you're you're having your hand held by god if you allow it to see the mistakes of other people. And it's funny because going back to Genesis, Jacob kept repeating the mistakes of his father, Isaac, and, and Abraham. Abraham favored Isaac. Even though Abraham loved Ishmael, but because of Sarah, Abraham favored Isaac. Isaac felt favored. So therefore, Isaac ended up favoring Esau over Jacob. So Jacob felt what it was like to be the unloved son. So when Jacob ended up having his sons, Jacob ended up loving um, uh, Joseph 
more than his other sons because he had Joseph with the woman that he loved. Luckily, Joseph broke that. So again, you get to see the world through through other people. But yeah, I I honestly I I think you know us as and I'm only going to speak for men or speak to men as men. You know, we need to start building this this elder, you know, this this elder status. We need to start, you know, because here you got, you know, you got Moses, who is the prophet. You got Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, who are the priests. And you have, um, you have 70 elders. We need to start getting this eldership started. We need to start propping up men and grooming men and establishing men who are these elders. And preferably, these need to be men of faith, men of the Bible. Men of God, men of principle, because you got a lot of people here saying that they're Christians, but they don't live that way, you know, or they they go to church, but they, they don't read the Bible. That's one thing that kills me. You When someone tries to quote the Bible to me and they don't read it, they'll, they'll quote a common or a popular phrase, but that's for another discussion for another day. But thank you guys for being here. Um, for another episode of the struggle, um, uh, trust me, a lot of these are, a lot of these are very eye opening cause I'm learning as I do them. So I, I really appreciate everyone who comes out, everyone who listens, everyone, um, who helps and supports the show, please. You know, of course I don't like selling anything on the most on the struggle days. Um, please just give us, uh, five stars wherever you're listening to this, please give us, um, Get, get, give us a thumbs up wherever you're listening to this and um yeah we'll we'll see you guys next time because like i said the the goal of this thing is to is to turn this into an online ministry to where we can help foster young men and young women to be better leaders better elders better mentors uh to let's let's break these traditions that we've developed let's break all these things and i want to help young people get Bibles in their hands because it just seems like, you know, people just, oh, where do I get one? But until then, I will see you guys next time. And uh, you'll, I'll, I'll, I think I'll see you guys on Monday because trust me, I got a lot going on. So I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.